0: Ask the younger people, right, Debbie? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you can pay me later, Debbie. <laughs> okay, well, it's good to see each of you this evening as we come out here to fellowship around the word of the Lord. We trust you came this way with a prayer on your heart this evening. We'd like to uh, uh, continue with the lesson, and I, I don't like making lessons two-part or a series, but uh, do sometime, just can't get through it. So, uh, so this is the second part, uh, where we didn't get finished uh, last Sunday night, and we wanted to address the question uh, that many believe, and that is, did Jesus go to hell for a time in those three days and three nights? Uh, there is many that believes that. And uh, I uh, I think it's good to have a, a uh, open study on it and see what we uh, you know what the scriptures declare, not see what we think, but see what the scriptures declare. So so let's let's take that and 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 okay, did Jesus go to hell? We know he's in the grave three days and three nights, which is seventy two hours. If you want to, anyway. 72 hours, three days, and three nights that he was in that, his body was in that tomb. So, did he go to hell that time? Well, again, we'll uh, ask that question, and many believe that he did to preach to those uh, souls in hell. But I. I really like to ask questions. I really like it when the scriptures, (laughs) we find the answers to those questions, but I like asking questions. So, if, so that teaching or that belief that Jesus went to hell in those three days and three nights, so I'd ask why? I mean, why, what purpose, why would he go and preach to those in hell for three days and three nights? And some say, well, it's, uh, it's to give them a second chance. He, he went, went to hell to preach to them, so they went in hell. They didn't make it the first time. And now he's going a second time to preach to those in hell to give them a second chance. Let me ask another question. Where we go, and, and we're, not, we're not talking specific now, heaven or hell or lake of fire or in the city or outside this city, I'm not really wanting to talk specifically about it, but where we go, where our eternal life is, where we, where we spend eternity. Let me say it like that way. Because some will have eternal death, some will have eternal life. But where we go and spend our eternity, is it by chance in the first place? They say, well, you know, go to preach to them, they get a second chance. Was there ever a first chance? Was it ever a chance at all? I think if we look at that, that should, that should direct our thoughts. If our thoughts are, yeah, I preach to those in hell so they have a second chance. And again, a lot of people uh, believe that. But if we can see that it's not up to chance at all, then we could redirect our thinking. There's no need thinking he went to hell for three days and three nights to, to preach to them if it was no chance in the first place. It's not, it's not chance. And let's go to, to talking about chance. Is there chance? Is it not chance? Romans chapter 9. This is a scripture that Brother Bob Roberts loved dearly. Uh, a scripture that is hated by much of the religious world, but yet it is scripture. It is true. And I want to read this to say, okay, is there is there chance in the first place? I mean, we can talk about a second chance, but let's... Talk first, is it chance in the first place? So, Romans chapter 9, we're going to read about a set of twins still in the womb. There is a, uh, one of my uh, property managers, uh, is off of maternity leave right now, uh, not having twins, but uh, having a little girl and all these sonograms and things. You can see the little face and little hands and everything. Still in the womb. Still in the womb. It's it's about time, but but still in the womb. Well, here we had a set of twins. Now back then they didn't have the sonograms and all those things, but if we did, you'd probably seen two little faces in there. But a set of twins still in the womb, and I want to, as we look at this, was it by chance for either? Was it up to chance? So uh, Romans nine and verse eight. Uh, that is, they who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Remember, Abraham and Sarah. Uh, and, uh, said, and not only this, but when Rebekah also has conceived by one, even our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, so it's going to be twins, Jacob and Esau, you remember. For the children not yet born. In other words, if we had a sonogram, we could see them in the womb. We could see their faces and their fingers and their hands and their arms and legs. Still in the womb. For the children being not yet born, neither have done any good or evil. And this little uh, uh, baby uh, And I believe it is a baby now uh, in in the womb. It hasn't done any good. It hasn't done any evil. It's still in the womb. And likewise with these. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. I read this scripture to an individual one time and they said, I could never serve a God like that. This is not me quoting. This is not something I made up. This is the scriptures of this person that that professes to be uh, a Christian and, and takes her Bible Uh, with her, no doubtly, uh, every Sunday when she goes to church. But Jacob and Esau, not having done any good or evil, God said, I hate this and I love this one. Was there any chance there? I mean, if there was no chance in the first place, why is there a chance? Well, we'll go preach to them in hell to give them a second chance. There was no chance to begin with. It was not chance chance for Jacob. It was not chance for Esau. I don't want to get into discussion this evening. Was God, well, maybe I will. I don't know. Was God righteous in this? Or was he unrighteous in in doing something like this? And that said, uh, let me read up in there. It also said, not, not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, my stand, not of works, but him that calleth. And then one person said, well, God looked down through time and saw what they was going to do. It wasn't according to what they was going to do. That's the whole purpose. To say. It's not according to what they was going to do. It's according to what? Election. According to election. And again, some... If they even look at this, we would accuse God of unrighteousness. But look at verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Don't want to spend much time on this. Uh, We could go through uh, a little more, and it does. It is written that we could understand it. But was there any chance here? Those those, uh, two babies still in the womb, was there any first chance? There wasn't any chance to start with. Why would we send, or why would God send the Lord to hell to to preach these people to give them a second chance? Don't call it second chance because it wasn't chance to start with. Just take the word chance out of there. It's not chance. I don't know. I guess we won't go to Ephesians. We go there so much where God chose his elect before the foundation of the world. I, uh, so we go back before the foundation of the world. Had you done any good or had you done any evil? It wasn't according to that. It was, again, it was according to election. So God chose his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world, that they'd be holy without blame before him in love. See, there's no chance. I mean, there's no chance. It wasn't first chance, second chance. It wasn't chance. It was God and his election. Uh, We could, what would go to Jeremiah? He told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I is that right? Yeah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, this little baby, again, I've seen these sonograms. i seen sonograms a couple times a week uh, that she brings uh, to work with her. But uh, it's not born yet. It, but it is formed in the womb. But now, what he told Jeremiah, go back even before that. Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. And before uh, you brought forth out of the womb, I'd already ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. There was no choice or chance of Jeremiah. In fact, you say, what if Jeremiah didn't want to? Well, he didn't want to. He said, Lord, I can't do that. I can't speak. But that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Uh, I think we read this this morning, but I'll read it uh, in, in Gospel of John chapter 10. Again, just wanting to take out to, to first to see. There's no chance to, in the first place, let alone second place, John chapter 10, uh, and verse 25, uh, well, 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered him, I told you, and you believe not, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not. Because you're not of my sheep. So they weren't his sheep. They couldn't believe. Was there a chance? I like to ask a question. Well, verse 27, let's just go on verse 27. Uh, My sheep hear my voice. Now, the ones that were not his sheep didn't hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. How did they get to be his sheep? Was there a chance if they worked hard enough that they would get to be his sheep? It says... In verse 29, my father who gave them to me. So see, there was no chance. There was no choice. Just the fact that God chose the elect in Christ before the foundation of the world. And my sheep says, I know them. They'll follow me. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. It wasn't so with the ones that was not his sheep. Now, I also don't want to get into discussion uh, the sheep, elect sheep of Jesus Christ, and and the other sheep, and so forth. We won't. That's a, a different study. But I just want to show. There's no chance here. There's no choice, no chance. Well, these ones wasn't the, his sheep. Then there'd be a second chance for him. There was never a first chance. It's not chance. So we take the chance out. We, I think we read this morning. We won't go there. But in uh, Matthew 13th chapter. Uh. The disciples asked the Lord, Why are you speaking in parables? Some of these don't understand. He said, I speak in parables. He said, Blessed are your ears and your eyes. You see and you hear and you understand. But the reason I speak in parables is so some of these will not see, will not hear, will not understand, will not be converted, and I won't heal them. Was there a, these ones that the Lord spoke in parables? That wasn't his sheep, was there any chance that they could hear? No. Not chance. So, why second chance when it was never a chance to begin with? So, I want to take that thought away about second chance. There's no, take the word chance out. There's no chance. It's the Lord in his power and his declarations. So, let's go to the scripture here in, in Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, that they read and uh, believe, well, this is, this is where uh, the Lord preached to them in hell, and so they'd get a second chance. But see, we've already wiped out there's no second chance, there's no first chance, but let's, let's read it anyway. 1 Peter 3 and 18. For Christ also uh, hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, who at one time were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, in which few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So from this... There's a belief and a teaching that Jesus went to hell and preached to the souls in hell. And again, I say, why? Well, to give him a second chance. There's no chance. It's not first chance, second chance. There's no chance. No choice, no chance. It's by election. So... Uh, They, uh, the uh, Jews come to the Lord and said, Well, you know, we want a sign and everything. He said, There won't be sign given. He said, But the sign of Jonah. As Jonah is in the belly of the great feast three days and three nights, so shall the Lord be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. But does that mean he went to hell and preached? Again, if so, why? What purpose? Uh, and I said, well, you know, he had to go to preach to the Old Testament saints. He had, to, he had to preach to the dead all the Old Testament saints. You know, in the Mount Transfiguration, you know, we already saw what Elijah and Moses there with the Lord. So that was Old Testament saints. Before the Lord died, so that, that teaching doesn't uh, hold through hold true. But see, what would cause people to look this direction? Well, he had to go back and preach to the Old Testament saints that was dead, whether it be in hell or whatever, because, see, they have to hear a gospel message. Well, they say that because they believe the gospel. Hearing a gospel message is the way of salvation. I know you can turn to a lot of scriptures on that, but I'll tell you the way of salvation is Jesus Christ him crucified. It's not hearing the gospel. Now, it's not believing. We read this morning, Acts 13, 48, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. So his sheep will believe, but the belief doesn't get him eternal life. They believe because they've already been ordained to eternal life. So, preaching to those so they'll believe, believing is not the way of salvation. Uh, So, again, did God send Jesus Christ to hell to preach to those in hell to give them a second chance? or to preach to the Old Testament saints, either one. Again, why would be my... I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to that. I'll be like a little kid. Can you... Can, I want this piece of candy. No, you can't have it. Why? 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 So I'm going to keep saying, why? You tell me he went, to, he went there to preach uh, uh, to those uh, uh, in hell or Old Testament saints? Why? So, we did last week read, so we're, we're speculating here, aren't we? Th- those, if we believe that, we're speculating. Well, I-, I speculate that he went to hell to preach these, and yeah, I don't see the reasons now, but it's speculation, isn't it? But we read something that wasn't speculation. We read where the Lord did go. The thief on the cross, what did he tell him? Today thou shalt be with me in hell? Well, if the Lord's going to hell, no, he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And then he, as he's on the cross, what did he say? Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. Was the Father in hell? No. So we have scriptures here of where it's not speculation. Jesus Christ went to the Father. Now his body went to the grave. We understand that in that tomb for, I believe, 72 hours. But he went to the Father. We uh, We read last week in uh, Luke chapter 4. I think I'll go back there. I don't know if we read it or just kind of talked about it. Luke chapter 4. We can read scriptures that prophesied. So uh, our our text, uh, and, and Peter talked about, maybe I should go there for a second. Uh, it said, uh, our text said, by whom also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. So I don't know why, well, anyway. So he preached to the spirits in in prison. Now, we can read prophecy about Jesus Christ, and we can can read uh, prophesied what we're going to read here in Luke chapter 4. So Luke chapter 4 and verse uh, 16. And you can... You can read where this is prophesied in Isaiah 61. But here, Luke 4 and 16, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Uh, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him a book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this is what's written in Isaiah 61. We did read it last time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. And then, you know, he uh, says, uh, uh, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he closed the book and gave it uh, again to the minister, sat down, and the eyes of all them and the synagogue were fastened upon him, and he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is exactly what's written in Isaiah that was prophesied about him. But it said he came to deliver the captives, recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So, do you think that means he went to hell? to preach to them, to set them at liberty. I mean, that's a pretty big jump from that. That's a pretty big jump from that. But he said, this day is this fulfilled. So Jesus came. He came on his earthly walk to set the captives free. Not went back to hell to set them free or give them a second chance, to set the captives free. Uh, But when the... He said, this is fulfilled in your eyes, but we don't see the Lord physically going to a prison house and setting people free physically. So who are the prisoners that's taken captive that he sets free? And how does he set them free? Real fast, I want to read in 2 Timothy. We did read this last week, but I want to read this again because actually I hadn't seen this uh, too long ago. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and uh, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle uh, to all men, apt to teach, uh, patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose him, if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So there's some by the devil taken captive. We talked about that this morning. Peter was taken captive for a little while. The Lord told Peter, said Satan desires to sip you as if he is wheat. But I prayed for you. But he's going to take you captive for a little while. And he took Peter captive captive. And Peter said things like, When the Lord said, Well, they're going to take and they're going to crucify me, and I must die. Oh no. Uh, uh, oh, and he said, and, and all your disciples will, will deny me. No, I, all the hell was mine, but I will never. I, I, and we know where that doctrine comes from. That's from Satan. So he was captivity by Satan. I, I will never deny thee, looking at himself. And uh, But he told Peter, he said, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Of course, not if, but when. So to set at liberty those that are in captivity, I won't go there either. So many scriptures to read. But in Galatians, said, "Stand fast in the liberty." Uh, maybe I maybe I better look at it. Uh, with Christ, has said, us free." I believe the way it says it. Uh, whoops! I mean, Ephesians. Uh, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. Now, it was prophesied, we read it there in Luke, that he came to set the captives free. So then uh, there in Galatians, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And we can read scriptures where... uh, the truth shall set you free. We read last time in Acts chapter uh, 15, where some had come down from the first church at Jerusalem and taught them there at Antioch, unless you're circumcised and keep the law of Moses, you can't be saved. So then the Antioch, Antioch sent a, a, a party up to uh, the first church at Jerusalem, to talk about this. And they had a small discussion, and then later it got into big discussion. And finally, and they said, Yeah, you gotta be circumcised, keep the law Moses to be saved. So then Peter stood up and said, Well, why do you put this yoke? Why do you upon the neck of the disciples? You can't carry it. We couldn't carry it. Our fathers couldn't carry it. Why do you want to put this yoke upon the neck of the disciples? Why do you want to chain them to this? That, that yoke is what fastens you to a heavy, heavy burden on the, the beast of burden. And it said, you put this yoke on there that fastens to this burden, that they can't carry They're in captivity to this. Why do you do He said, well, we believe in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we should be saved. So captives set free. Uh, made free and set free by Jesus Christ. Don't think that, yeah, he had to go back to preach to those in hell to set them free. Why, word, again, where does that come from? But I want to read something else uh, about where the Lord set one free, was in prison, but yet he set him free because that's why he came. He came to set the captives free. Now, I might get ahead of myself a little bit, But when the Lord left, his work is still setting the captives free. So I want to read this. uh, I think we have time. Luke chapter 8. So here was one. He was in captivity. The Lord set him free, but it wasn't in prison. Uh, Luke chapter 8. We talked about this a few years ago. Studied this. Very interesting study. Luke chapter 8, and we'll read 10 or 12 uh, verses here. Let's go back to verse 26. So here's one that's going to be set free from captivity by the Lord. But he wasn't in prison. Well, not in prison with bars, but yet he was in prison, so to speak. So verse 26, And they arrived at the country of the Gesareans, which uh, uh, is absent Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man who had demons for a long time and wore no clothes. So this person was naked, had no covering for his sins, had no covering for his shame, and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, no place to live but in the tombs. So the tombs is the place of the dead. Now, he wasn't dead, but he was living among the dead. We can read, uh, I believe it's Thessalonians, where the Lord calls them out. Uh, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. So that's where this one was. He wasn't dead, but his ears and eyes were closed. He wasn't in his right mind. He had no covering for his sin, living among the dead. 28, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thy son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For often it had caught him. Often it had caught him. Satan catches. Again, but now, this is, I'm not giving Satan all the glory. He's a tool of God. Satan catches some. Uh, Satan caught Peter for a time because he desired to sift him as wheat. But Satan caught him for a time, but the Lord freed him. The Lord prayed for and freed him. Okay. Uh, for he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for often it had caught him and was kept bound with chains and fetters. I pictured this as the. Scribes and the Pharisees in the religious world, putting a yoke of bondage on us, changes changes to something that they can't carry, we can't carry, fathers couldn't carry it, but that's what they changed to, and we're bound and in bondage to it. So I picture that for this one that was living among the dead. I uh, see, as twenty nine, he uh, and he broke the. Uh, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for often it had caught him and kept him bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bounds and was driven of the demons into the wilderness. And Jesus asking him, saying, What is thy name? This is the demons. And he said, Legion, because many demons were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not accompany or not command them to go out of the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine, an unclean beast, feeding on the mountain. And he besought him that he would allow them to enter into them, and he permitted them. And uh, then went the demons out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd uh, ran violently down to a steep place into a lake uh, and were choked. Remember, this is way off our lesson, but remember in Revelations where The sea's going to give up. The dead is then then be cast in the lake of fire. You can tie this to that. Uh, Verse 34. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and and told in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the demons were departed sitting at at the feet of Jesus, clothed. Now he has a covering for his sin. And what what is that covering for sin? Blood of Jesus Christ. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they also saw it, uh, told them, by what means he that was possessed, of the demons, was healed. We could say healed or freed, couldn't we? Freed from prison, freed from bondage. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gesareans round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear, and he went up to the boat uh, and returned. Now the, Now the man out of whom the demons were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house, not to the tombs, not among the dead where he was, because all those among the dead and, and so forth was, and those that fed those swine, those unclean beasts, those that fed them, they were afraid and they said, no, get out of here, leave us alone. But return to thine own house and show what great things God hath done unto thee. And let me just state, When the Lord frees you, isn't that what we want to do? Tell others what great things God has done for us. He died on the cross for my sins. And it's all about what he has done, not what we have done. Uh, And he went his way and published throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done unto him. So here's one that was, Had no covering for his sins and his shame, wasn't in his right mind, uh, uh, in chains and, and bondage. And the Lord, He came to set the captives free. And here, He set this one free. But again, we've read before the truth shall set you free. And who is the truth? What did Jesus say? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The truth shall set you free. So he came to set the captives free. Didn't have to go back to hell to preach the sum. He came to set the captives free. He set this one free here. Uh, It was among the tombs. He set the disciples free. Even today... Well, let, uh, let me, let's go to our text, First Peter 3. Uh, I'm going to have to hurry now. First uh, Peter 3, and our text, and uh, verse 18 and 19. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. He preached to the spirits in prison How? By his spirit. By his spirit. Now, when the Lord was here, he literally preached. He set the captives free. The Lord now has gone uh, to glory at the right hand of the Father. Are people still being set free? Absolutely. I was set free. And, and I mentioned before, as much as I love Brother Olson and Brother Don, as I said in their teaching, the Lord used him as a tool, but by this by his spirit. The same thing it said, But here it says, by his spirit, by whom he went and preached to the spirits in prison, or uh, to the spirits in prison, uh, being put to death in his flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he went and preached to the spirits in prison. So he came to set the captives free. I've been set free. I'm no longer attached to the burden of the letter of the law of Moses. I've been set free. The truth shall set you free. Uh, Again, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he set them free. He delivered them. We don't have time to go to uh, where the, talk so much about the, where the Lord is telling his disciples about the comforter, John 14, 15, 16, the comforter, lead, guide, and direct, and all truth. That, that's his spirit. And it's still setting the captives free by his spirit. I was set free by his spirit. And, this, and Brother Alston and Brother Don was used, But it was by his spirit that I was set free. Now, okay, so verse 20 in our text, who at one time were disobedient when once long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing in which few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So it talks about those disobedient in Noah's time. So yes, people were disobedient, disobedient in Noah's time. People were disobedient in Nehemiah's time. People were disobedient in Zechariah's time. And the, they were all preached to how? Well, Jesus went back to the grave or went back to hell preaching. No. They, how, was they, how were they in the time of, of uh, Noah and, and Nehemiah and Zechariah? How was they preached to? By the Spirit. And that's really what it says. By the Spirit, the Spirit preached to them through the prophets. The Spirit preached to me through the Comforter, through uh, uh, Brother Don and Brother Alston. So back there, they was preached to by His Spirit through the prophets. And let's let's show that if we if we can. Nehemiah uh, chapter nine. <coughs> Nehemiah chapter 9 and uh, verse 26. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee, and cast thy law behind their backs, and slew the prophets who testified against them to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations. Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. But after uh, they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore lettest thou them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies, and testified against them that thou mightest bring them again unto the law. Yet they dealt proudly, and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thine ordinances, which if a man do, he shall live in them, and withdrew the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Uh, yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testified against them by thy spirit and thy prophets. So here they would go and they rebel against God. And then the Lord would go to his prophets, and, and by his spirit teach them, and they'd return to God. And then they'd rebel, and the cycle went on and on. But how did he preach to them? By thy spirit through the prophets. So that's how he did. Jesus didn't have to go back and preach to them through the spirit. It was by the spirit is how he preached to them to begin with. Let's quickly go to Zechariah. Zechariah, the uh, seventh chapter. Don't go there very often. Zechariah, 7th chapter, and uh, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the sojourner, nor the poor. In other words, don't oppress. Don't put them in bondage. Uh, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears, and they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. How did the Lord speak to them? How did he preach to them? by his spirit, through the prophets. So, in the text, when it said, by whom he also preached to the spirits in prison, of course, he he did that. Jesus Christ did that when he was here. But then verse 20, who at one time were disobedient and long-suffering of God, waited in the days of Noah... Uh, while the ark was prepared, and the few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So how did, he, how did he preach to those in Noah's time? By his spirit, through the prophets. How did he preach to those in Zechariah's time? By his spirit, through the prophets. He didn't have to go back and preach to them in hell for three days and three nights. It was by his spirit. That's how he preached to them. So the Lord preached to those in Old Testament times, times of Noah, Nehemiah, Zechariah, Jonah, and he preached to them by his Holy Spirit through the prophets. Now when the Lord is here on the earth, he preached himself, but now he's gone. How does he set the captives free today? How does he preach to us today? The same way through His Holy Spirit. Now the difference is today we have the abiding Comforter, the abiding Holy Spirit. Back there, the Holy Spirit would go from prophet different times, but here it's by His Comforter, the abiding Comforter. So the Lord didn't go to hell to preach to him to give him a second chance. Uh, he didn't go. It says he went to the heart of the earth, but that's where his body went. We we read scriptures. He went to be with the Father. He sent his spirit to the Father. So really, to understand our text, I, I think it's relatively simple. The Lord preached to the Old Testament by the prophets through his spirit. When the Lord was here on the earth, he preached and set the captives free. Now that the Lord's gone, he preaches to us through his spirit, through his tools. Brother Olson, Brother Don. So, it's. uh, I think it's if we look at it that way. Okay, there's no need of a second chance. Why would they go? They were preached to by His Spirit through the prophets. The Lord preached in His day and age, and now it's the same thing. We're preached to by His Spirit through His servants. May the Lord bless the speaking of His word. We're dismissed.